Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm on an S-bound train in Munich, Bavaria, Germany. It's the 6th of February 2018 and many Manchester United fans have come to Munich uh, as part of a, a ceremony, pilgrimage, call it what you want, uh, around the 60th anniversary of the Munich Air disaster. I say many because it's impossible to put an accurate number on at the moment. It's not like a normal game where you know how many tickets have been sold. But I was on a flight from Manchester to Nuremberg yesterday, which was which was completely full, and three quarters of those fans were Manchester United fans, people you've seen uh, from the match for years and years, a real mixture of ages, uh, ranging from uh, Brenda, who was 80, it's her birthday, and that was announced over the, the PA system. And I was in Nuremberg last night, there were a lot of reds around, but many, many more in Munich, and I'm seeing pictures today. Of, and, and videos of fans singing in, in the beer halls and looking like they're having a, a good time. And some fans come to Munich every year, but when there's a big anniversary, such as the 50th or this one, the numbers are, are swelled. Um, I'm sat on the S-Bahn with uh, Tracy Malone. Um, a lot of you will know her name. I certainly do from, I remember her singing in front of the strap for them when I was a young lad in the late 80s. And I might be mistaken, but she sang, I'm, I'm so excited, it's Man United. Anything else, Tracy? Uh, the first song you made me sing was actually Like a Virgin. Like a Right. 47,000 blogs, which was fun. Right. So, well, Tracy, welcome, Tracy. Cheers for joining us on no the United We Stand podcast. So just say it again, the first song you sang. Yeah, so the first song I sang was on the Stratford End. It was when karaoke first got introduced to... Um, the UK and it was when we all used to get into the ground two hours before kickoff to get a spot uh, and he'd, Keith had come into the uh, Stretford End and all my mates were volunteering me to sing because it's what I was doing in school uh, and he made me sing like a virgin so the week after I'd gone back uh, and was stood in the Stretford End and he came to the front and apparently Bobby Charlton had mentioned it in one of the board meetings and said if the girl is who was singing last week is here again can she come to the front so I went to the front and he, they took me uh, and gave me seats uh, for the game, introduced me to Alex Ferguson um, and asked me would I sing it at half time on the pitch. So that was the first experience that I had uh, in front of the Stretford End singing Madonna's Like a Virgin uh, in front of uh, the full Stretford End. So that was uh, quite an experience. <laughs> So what's happening today? Why are you in Munich? Um, I'm going to be singing The Flowers of Manchester, um, which is the tribute to, obviously, the Busby Babes um, and the story that tells the story of the Munich Air disaster. Um, It's something that I've always done from being a really young child. Uh, It was just on an album that my dad used to play in the house by the Spinners, uh, and I just memorised it. Um, So it's usually for the family, but uh, I do go and do it sometimes for the the old Stratford Enders and the old boys network. um, and I just said that I was going to come to Munich and it's ended up, you know, I'm going to be doing it at the official ceremony. So I'm really, really a bit nervous, uh, but very proud. Uh, it's going to be a big day. So There's quite a line-up today, isn't there? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, in good company, I think. <laughs> so there's senior representatives from, from Bayern Munich, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, Willi Hones, the Mayor of Munich and 
the Dennis Irwin's coming from uh, Old Trafford and then however many United fans um, it's freezing it is absolutely freezing so uh, minus three I've got a few, quite a few layers on and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to hold the microphone without without shaking <laughs> from nerves and from cold your outer layer is a t-shirt with the flowers of Manchester the Munich 60th anniversary with the names um, Edwards, Pegg, Coleman, Taylor, Byrne, Whelan, Jones, Bent they're the players who died obviously other passengers died including uh, journalists and as you heard on the podcast on Saturday we had the family of David Pegg on so the S-Bahn is heading out now to the east of Munich close to where the old Munich Ream airport was that, that closed uh, and a new airport was built to the north of the, of the city and it's a huge football city in Munich it's also one of the richest cities in Europe and the coffers have been bolstered by funds raised by Manchester United fans for some youth projects here um, people like Pat Byrne and Tony Crook have been integral to raising money spreading the word among fans at Old Trafford I think it's a fantastic gesture they've also uh, raised money but the initial priority was a new type of memorial at the Manchester Platz which is a, a, a tiny square which we're, where we're going to now the, the closest stop is um, Truder, Trudering we're going to do a piece with Tracy in United We Stand we'll try and record a singing later on today if we can get close enough to her so I don't know whether it's going to be amplified or you got any idea what's going on? I think so I think it is going to be amplified because uh, that was my main thing when I was spoke, speaking to Pat at Christmas I said I can't really get up on a table in front of potentially 3,000 people nobody will be able to hear it so yeah I think there is going to be some kind of amplification so everybody can you know join in and, and take part. I've seen videos of you singing it and there's clearly a lot of feeling goes into that and I wasn't alive when the disaster happened you weren't what, what do these people mean to you I think it's just my family's such a massive massive Manchester United family you know all the kids in our family are all named after players my, my brother was uh, on the front pages of the evening news when he was born he's called Lou Martin Stephen Ray after Lou Macari Martin Buchan Steve Coppel Ray Wilkins my son's called Remy all that kind of thing I mean it's just in my blood we I was always at the football with my dad from being a really young uh, girl. In fact, I actually thought he played for Manchester United because my mum used to always say, just wave at your daddies on the telly because he was at the football. Uh, so much so that my uh, school, when my nursery school asked him to open the fate because <laughs> I told him that he was a Manchester United player. So it's just, again, it's, it's always been part of me and the Munich Eye disaster has just been a big part of that. You know, my dad obviously was quite young and he gets quite emotional when he talks about it. So, yeah, I try and... It is an emotional song, but I do try and keep emotions in check because I won't be able to finish it otherwise. I, I, I cracked last, yesterday briefly yeah. uh, at the end, so I'm... Fingers crossed, I'll get, get to the end. You mentioned the Stratford and I used to stand on it like you did in, in the late 80s. Which part of the terrace did you stand on? Uh, I used to stand near the tunnel. Uh, left, think... left or right side or above? These, uh, these things are important. That, uh, the right side. I, I'm sorry, I probably stood really close <laughs> yeah, to you. Probably, yeah. But a couple of the lads, not seen him for years, there was a bloke called Terry and a bloke called Chinny, and the, the, they used to start songs off. And as a young lad, and I, I'd look up to them like they were heroes just because they had the confidence to. Maybe they were 10 years older than me. And, and um, 
did bait each other, but it was such a brilliant place to watch football, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was unbelievable. It, I mean, like I say, we used to get in two hours before a kickoff just yeah, to, just to get your spot. I know. Um, uh, and obviously, being four foot nothing that I am, I always used to have to have a particular spot so I could actually see what was going on. Because um, there were a couple of little raises, weren't there, where if you got in early, yeah, you, like, could, stand you could stand up, up yeah. and get an elevated view. Yeah, that was probably me on, yeah. <laughs> on there. Or you could always sit on the bars as well. That was yeah. a little favourite of mine if, if it was uh, got too much. But yeah, I've had a few cigarettes put out in my eye when uh, scores and have gone down. <laughs> uh, There's only a couple of times I thought it was dangerous. I think there was a cup game against Chelsea and it wasn't even the biggest crowd of the season, but I thought, whoa, this is a bit, you know, the swaying and all yeah, that. But yeah. I really miss it. And when Jose Mourinho made his comments on Saturday about the atmosphere, it saddens, saddens me and it saddened me for 25 years because not only could it be great it should be great yeah absolutely I mean to be perfectly honest I don't go to Old Trafford much mm. anymore mm. not just because of where I live and the cost and um, it, the, the atmosphere just isn't the same mm. and even though I'm, I'm confident enough to get up in front of thousands of people I wouldn't be confident enough to start a chant per mm. se mm. Uh, in a seat oh. uh, you know with people sat, sat around me so yeah the atmosphere Away games for me are probably more it's much better, much much better, and I, yeah. I, I prefer those to to go into Old Trafford, which is really sad that we don't go. Something's got to be done. I know it's been a main subject in the fanzines for as long as we've done yeah, them, but so, well, as long it's as not, we took the seats away. It's, it's, it's not getting always, better. No, it's definitely not. And I watch football around the world. I'm lucky to do it as part of my job, and just been in Argentina, and it's not even fair to compare the atmosphere. Exactly. It's so good there. Even at second division games with nine thousand people, yes. it's miles, miles better than than Old well, Trafford. I remember the uh, the youth games at Old Trafford used to be used to be good when they were standing. I remember um, the the, uh, the cup game when they won uh, the, the youth cup, and yeah. there must have been it was seven thousand. I don't know at Old Trafford, but they were congering all around the thing, yeah, and it was yeah. still a good atmosphere. But again, it doesn't seem to happen like that anymore, no. which is a shame. We're gonna get off the. Train. I think it's the next stop or the one after that, so I'm gonna go walk up to the, the Manchester Platz now. Okay, so we're on the, the walk, maybe a mile or so from the thundering train station to the Manchester Platz. It's, it's a cold, sunny, beautiful February day, there's snow on the ground, it's quite a wealthy suburb of Munich, and we just walked past a man dressed in traditional. Bavarian clothing, he must have been 80 years old and he just said uh, LA Manchester Platz, go to the Manchester Platz and pointed it was, a, it was very nice, and with uh, Steve Owen who's a United fan who's been on this podcast before maybe he might have been sober on one of the times he's been on the podcast <laughs> I'm sober now. Before. Um, how old are you Steve? Uh, 56 why have you come to Munich for the 60th anniversary? I think you remember right? Munich 58 isn't it? for all of us we're just a bunch of old geezers who've gone through life together. And we're just family, aren't we? So, occasions like this, you know, don't you? Yeah. And you've been before? Yeah, I've been a few times now. A couple of weeks, this be third time. But it worked like this the third uh, It worked like this the first time, who's done it? 50 people or something. Maybe 100 people. Well, 10 years ago, about 800 people. Because this year, God knows how many people. Well, all right, so they're all a family, aren't they? Everyone's going to have a good day today, I hope. What's your trip been so far? Describe um, where you come from and what you've been doing. Straight from Manchester to uh, Munich. This morning, first flight. 
and we're going back tomorrow afternoon after the session in Munich. There is definitely a social element to this trip, isn't it? With a lot of people, you, you see people who no longer go to games anymore, meeting up with people who yeah. used to go to games. That's it. Yeah. Well, aren't people our age, I suppose. Yeah. Got fed up with all the ins and outs of getting tickets. Yeah. And uh, well, like me, I just go to the away games sometimes. Yeah. If I've got a ticket, I'll go in if I have it. I won't bother. You know what I mean? So we'll come up to a big pub. Um... Yeah. This is the only bar in Tudoring. Right. And you won't get in for the drink. Right. You've got no chance. Because it's too busy. And the landlord's a bit of a misery. How far are we now from the Manchester Platz? Straight down there. Yeah. Yeah, straight down there. Hi, John. 500 hey, metres away. Yeah, straight down there. Okay, yeah, Tw- yeah, I've got 20, it now. I've got my bearings now. Walk. Yeah. There's people yeah. pointing and offering drinks. So I'm going to continue on towards the Manchester Platz. The pub is packed. Packed. Full of United fans outside. Like the dog Partridge. <laughs> I'm with Dennis Irwin walking to the Manchester Platz. Dennis, what does it mean to be here today as a representative of Manchester United? Well, it's uh, it's incredible the turnout. I got to say that um, darkest day in United's history, which is here to play respects, obviously, for the the eight Busby babes that tragically died here, and the three coaching staff as well, and obviously the other twelve on the plane. So, uh, just representing the club here. And, I'm delighted to be here actually and um, overawed about the size of the crowd that are here to be honest. There are hundreds and hundreds of people here aren't there? We're just walking up to the Manchester Platz now where there, there are hundreds more, there are police around. And When you played for Manchester United, how important was the Munich uh, disaster? How aware were the players uh, of the significance of the disaster? Uh, I'm very aware. I mean I grew up in Ireland and obviously Manchester United was a, a fantastically well supported club in Ireland and still is. And you grow up and you hear the stories and you know, my dad and the old fellas used to look after the coach and used to tell you and all that but I think it's only when you come to the club that you, you realise and obviously it's, it's it's part of history but uh, you know the way the way the club came back you know so Matt Busby Jimmy Murphy the way the the romance of it I suppose in the end of, of winning the European Cup it, ten years later shows you the belief that uh some I had in the youngsters and the, the great support the club have I've had and uh, as I said it's part of the history and it's great that so many fans have come out here on the 60th anniversary and you've just been in the closest public house to yeah. the Manchester Platz what happened there? well I didn't didn't have a pint and for an Irishman that's uh, pretty rare but I heard you were offered several, <laughs> several you know. and declined yeah no it's uh, I mean there's, there's been a lot of just talking to them a lot of fans came across on Sunday um, some last night so um, pubs packed great that supporters come come every year not just the 60th the 60 anniversary but to make the journey the pilgrimage every year and uh, they, they are really our true true supporters and uh, it's actually great to see and the landlord of the pub he was delighted wasn't he to get a big framed picture. yeah well no I think it's great that the supporters have put a lot of effort into this um, you know take nothing away from them and uh, as you said the local the local pub um, they've looked after the United supporters and, and uh, in exchange there the supporters have given uh, the, the landlord a, a picture of, of obviously 1958 tragedy so uh, yeah so we're now at the Manchester Platz thank you for your time Dennis the no problem man. police here, lots of people the Reds here from around the world the Maltese Reds are here I'm with um, uh, Lars Morton Olsen, Lars is from the United Scandinavian branch. Why have you come to Munich today, Lars? 
coming to to pay my respect yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. For, for the ones who died there uh, 60 years ago today because I think that part of history is all that Manchester United is about I mean we can discuss the manager's team selections and his formation but at the end of the day it's a history without the club's history we're, we're nothing you've been here before two years ago so it's, a, it's my second time are there many other supporters who have come from Scandinavia a few from Norway a few from uh, Denmark uh, uh, I'm reckoning about between 10 and 20 how old are you I'm um, I'm 58 soon when did you first hear of the Munich air disaster uh, I heard I was so uh, I was always interested in in the club's history. So uh, when I started supporting United as a ten year old, uh, I soon got books and started to to read about uh, the the history and obviously the the crash. And how significant is it for you in your Manchester United supporting life, Munich? Oh, it's uh, it's very important indeed. Uh, I think we, we should never, never, ever forget the club's history, and of course, the, the crash is a very, very important part of that. Thank you for your time, Lars. So, United fans have travelled from far and wide, none further than Perth, Australia. Is that right? What's your name? Lars Crompton. And what brings you from from Perth? Where's the connection with Manchester United? Well, I was born here as a lad. I moved back, moved to Australia when I was eight, and Dad brought us over there, raised us a red for and through, and then came back here to England for the 18th, from the 18th, went to Huddersfield on Saturday, and then once we found out that we had to go, we was just like once all my granddad's mates was going, it was the only thing we had to do. So your dad's Lee, and yeah. part of the Perth Reds, yeah, so north, the, north the River branch up there. And United have got huge support in Perth, haven't they? There's a massive Mancunian expat yeah, yeah. population. Just describe where you watch the games and the sort of numbers. We've got a local pub, and that, due to the time zones, it's, sometimes we're on about three in the morning, so it can be difficult. But on a big on a big game on a Saturday, throughout the week, we can get up to 150 or so just in cramped in a pub, just in small north of the river area that we've got. And. Are Manchester United the most popular team in Perth, or a Liverpool, or Barcelona, or Real Madrid, uh, or an Australian team? No, it's got to, it's got to be United for me. And any all the English that my dad knows, all his mates are all all United. Liverpool will be up there, but United, I've got to say, it's, there's no question about it. I follow the lads when they're playing football everywhere. All three lads play various teams, various places. And everywhere you go, the training pitches. And I use it as a guide, and it might sound daft, but it's United shirts out numbering every other combination together. It's, uh, it, it, it's stupid and it shouldn't matter, but it does matter. And you know that they're all ex-manx or second-generation manx. And, and I think that the... The distance makes them even more fond. As you know, you've met Lee in, in China and uh, the amount of lads they took to China was incredible and it, it just makes it fonder. Lee was so pleased that the timing worked out for Lyle to come to this. is uh, just a bit, obviously. And why have you come to Munich? And What's your name? Where are you from? Well, I'm 
Chris, I'm uh, I'm his granddad. I'm from Blakely, and I'm a 60 odd year old United Red. So I was just a kid when, or just a child when Munich air crashed. But obviously, my dad used to go to the youth team, reserve team, everything. He'd get he worked in, lived in Blakely, worked in Broadheath. He'd get the bus to work. Charles and Edwards, all these lads, would get on the bus with him. There was a different connection, and I was brought up. You know, as you spoke to Tracy before, I knew her dad, and it's it's a different. It's a different era, and the, the, the lads would get on the bus and go to work at Old Trafford with the working men of Trafford Park, you know, and that kind of connection when it was broken meant so much and, and has led to this, I believe. You know, it, 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 people ask about the Munich air crash, but I think unless you're, you're a child of somebody who went to United in them days when they get 30,000 at a youth team game and the connection that they had to that team, you know, that was a lot more tangible than it is now. It, it, everybody, the, the devastation and everything that it caused, it, it, it's just reflected here and here we are, there's hundreds, thousands here. Last night the beer killer was, uh, was incredible and I just asked Jose Mourinho a question where the atmosphere's gone when you've got all the away support travelling to Munich and singing their heads off for four hours in a beer keller. They'll sing their heads off for 90 minutes at an away match. And the questions have to be asked why we've got to this situation at Old Trafford and what the clubs, what the clubs, cause of that. You know, it, 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 what the club, how much the club have caused what we've got to. And Jose ought to use his influence now to try and create what's been mooted scores of times and get the people in the right place. Even create a junior section, 18 and below, you know, and I don't think Standing will ever come back, but, you know, it'd get that generation that's missing out at the minute United in, and a load of that generation's here now that can't get to the ground, and yet they're there now. It's um, it's such a shame. It's uh, It was a lot closer in, in them days, and that's why we're there, I believe. And even where the players lived, I was at the unveiling of a blue plaque for Tom Curry on Sunday in Furswood, less than a mile from the ground in Stratford. They, they were firmly part of those pretty working class communities Tommy Taylor Duncan Edwards they live around the corner and I know that the the current lads they're they're very nice people who are very good at football and it's just changed hasn't it and the the way that fame and celebrity these lads were very high profile when they played for Manchester United but it it has changed the the, the connection is and that that actually frustrates some of the players at times because but then they can also get overwhelmed they'd love to meet fans and have genuine contact with them but the club's much, much bigger now. Yeah, I um, I, I, I play, uh, I, I go to the golf club in Cleswich and there's a few lads there whose parents would be the landladies of, uh, of, of United lads of old. One of the lads, his mother, was Beckham's landlady. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much his dad keeps in touch. He's been up to the golf, we've had memorabilia, we've had all sorts. You know, that connection is still there, you know. This was only the 90s, the late 80s, the early 90s. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's not recoverable. I just don't know how, you know, with the fame, the money, the fortune, I don't know how it is. But, you know, when you've got people like Beckham's dad, still doing the stuff that he does and still keeping a connection with his ex-landlady, uh, David's ex-landlady, you know. Can't beat stuff like that. Um, well, what, what, what is your name and what, what, why are you here? Well, my name is Peter Maurer and uh, I'm here because I'm the son of my dad, Georg Maurer. <laughs> and tell us what your father did. 
and uh, my father was chief of the hospital that uh, cured and cared for the uh, menu <laughs> team. Yeah. And what did your father tell you about the air crash in 1958? Well, uh, he, he, we didn't speak about the air crash. We spoke about uh, this patient, that patient, what, what uh, is, are the special problems. And naturally, from day to day, it changed. Yeah? Some became better, some became worse. And, and when you were growing up, you... You were being told of... Well, no, no, no. I was a, a student really? of medicine oh, yeah. at that time, in uh, second year, yeah. So your father was coming home and saying, this player is, is better and this one is... Yeah, we came home for a couple of hours in the first days. But uh, then, uh, naturally, he told us things and... Uh, uh, to yes. my mother, who is also a doctor, and or was, and uh, so naturally, and also afterwards when he had more time, and then uh, four weeks later they went to Manchester, and uh, naturally I read all about it, <laughs> and we also showed a little movie about that today, yeah. And what do you think of all the people coming to, to Munich on the 60th anniversary here? It's surprising. <laughs> yeah. And what is your name? And wh why are you here? My name is Elizabeth Weber. I was a nurse. Uh, how was this mistake? Well, and yeah, I don't speak English. You speak very good English, and I'll try and speak try and speak uh, clearly. What do you remember about that day, uh, February the sixth, nineteen fifty-eight? I remember I'm much too much to walk because uh, it was uh, I don't know what I can say it, it we have to be here to do it and we couldn't think very much because we had lots of to walk that was everything so you heard that there'd been a, a an air crash and patients started arriving at, at the hospital where you were working. That's what I didn't understand. You heard there'd been a problem at the airport? No. What problem you think? When on this day, um, the, when the plane crashed, mm -hmm. um, patients... I wasn't sure if the plane is crashed. I was in another hospital to make uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, anything because I got done. This time I, I got a baby, yes. <laughs> and uh, I was for uh, examination in the hospital, and I came back, and I, yes, I had to walk, and with all this, I remember just on the English wife, she said, "You have not the right tea. The tea is nothing here." <laughs> That's what I am. So they, they'd been in a, a serious plane accident, and they were complaining about the tea in the yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. In so some humour in a, a very difficult time. The ceremony is about to start, and just bumped into a group of Reds from Plymouth. How have you got from Plymouth? to Munich because I know that Plymouth International Airport may have five terminals and flights around the world but you know I came up with you lads to a game last year and 
I got up at 2.50 a.m. to make a, an early kickoff. Yeah, How'd well, you got here? Well, we left Plymouth at uh, just after 7 on Monday, and we drove to Cardiff Airport, Cardiff Airport to Munich, and here we are. Why have you come? Oh, gosh, why have we come? Because as a boy, I can remember sitting in the school cloakroom crying my eyes out when I heard that Duncan had gone. And I still feel almost really emotional right now, to be honest, just mentioning it. Um, the, you know, It's also my 70th birthday shortly, and one of my friends said, we'll do the trip as a token for that. How old were you when you I was uh, 10. Is that a reason why you support Manchester United? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The yeah. reason? Yeah, the yeah. reason, yeah. So yeah. you were a schoolboy? Yeah, in I was a schoolboy and I can read... In Plymouth? In Plymouth, yeah. yes. And I remember reading the uh, newspaper called The Herald. Yeah. And uh, reading about this fantastic football team called the Busby Babes. And uh, just before the crash, I read the article of... Arsenal versus Manchester United, 5-4, you know, the famous game. So you're reading uh, rather than uh, radio or oh, rather well, than TV? Oh, well, both. Yeah. yeah. We didn't afford a TV in those days. Uh, as I was saying to some of the lads earlier, I can remember watching my first TV was watching a replay of the Stanley Matthews 53 Cup Final. And it was seven or eight years before we had our own TV. So, and Tell listeners your name. Uh, my name's John Voden. Thanks, John. Nick, why have you come here? I've come here as, obviously, as part of the Plymouth branch for the pilgrimage of a United fan that should be made by every United fan, really, at least once. Uh, The opportunity arose. I'm not going to turn it down. Describe your trip so far. Easy. Easy. Obviously, being able to soak in some of the... uh, Munich pubs and seeing United fans all banded around different parts of Munich. It's a little bit, a little bit random, really, because you forget how wide the game travels. You know, you come into a big German city, dare I say, you expect to see more Bayern fans, but they're not really that bad. It's definitely more prevalent with United today. So yeah, um, obviously I've made the trip. It's a generational thing because my dad supported United and his dad supported United. So though I wasn't alive for the crash the importance of it's filtered down to me throughout the years so you know pay my respect of course united fans are really well represented and they've got the maltese reds here very famous branch of manchester united supporters i was in malta a, a year ago and tell readers tell listeners what your name is joe glanville i was involved with the club for over 30 years you can imagine that gives you some calculation about my age now. <laughs> You're looking well. Um, you've come from Malta? Yes, was born there. And I lived my life, my United life, which I, and I've got no complaints. <laughs> How old were you when the Munich air crash happened? I was about 13. What can you remember? The thing is, is that um, at that time, communications were not that great you know we could only listen to the radio and whatnot but even also at that time Morta was under the British rule so we used to get a lot of information because of the services there very shocked at first like everybody 
I mean, it was just a crash. Nobody thought it was so bad. But then little by little, the news began to open up, you know, about what happened. Big disaster, which affected, I mean, our status in dual lighting, because it was a big disaster where we are concerned, but I personally think that was the turning stone of the name Man United as regards the whole world. They became worldwide, and that's all through this disaster, unfortunately. When did you first um, travel to, to Old Trafford to see United? Uh, it was Cup Final 63. Wow. And since then I watched every final, whether we won or we lost. <laughs> so how many trips over have you made? Oh, don't tell me. Yeah. I don't tell me. You, you had a very good relationship with, with Sir Alex Ferguson, with Bobby Charlton, with lots of people. At the yes, I mean, there was a time up to six years ago I considered myself part of the furniture. And uh, this is all began through two very close friends of mine. One was the secretary, Les Olive, and the other one was the coach, Jack Crompton, whom I always considered as my second father. And um, um, you go through the mill because they meet so many people in the world. And I was very, very, very close to them, you know, very close to them, very close to Alex at the end, you know. So that's why I said I had a wonderful, a wonderful life, you know. How's the Maltese branch doing now? Great. We know it's being run by my friend here, sending next to me, Joe. He does a fantastic job. Very hard-working committee. The problem these days is that, um, um, unfortunately, um, um, things have changed at Old Trafford. So the I club's mean, grown so big, you, you don't get that same connection exa- as you once exact, had. Exactly. Everybody got his own reasons, mm-hmm. but you only see your problems, the other people's problems. Before, way back, we were the only foreign supporters club besides the one in Manchester, which also had folded out. That's why the oldest supporters club in the world. I mean, so it was different, because these days there are so many branches in the whole world, and I mean, you can't do a favour to one and leave the others, you know, which I think is quite fair also. Thank you for joining us. I think the ceremony is going to start here in Munich. Great. Thanks, Andy. After the Mayor of Munich had spoken so well and said that the memory would never be forgotten, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, a Bayern Munich legend and chairman of Germany's biggest football club, got up to talk. First of all, I would like to welcome... Our Lord Mayor Dieter Reiter, he made a fantastic speech. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Dear friends and supporters of Manchester United, very welcome in Munich. Dear Ed Woodward in Manchester United, I hope the stadium will be sold out at that special day for you. Dear Mr. Dawson, dear Dennis Irwin, my dear ladies and gentlemen and friends of football. 60 years ago, at four minutes past three, when the aircraft taking the Manchester United team back to England from the European Cup quarterfinal in Belgrade, crashed at this place, I was two years old. How could I know that the unbelievable tragic events of 6 February 1958 would one day closely connect me personally with Manchester United. Manchester United became a reference point in my life as footballer and as chairman of Bayern Munich. 
Manchester United were and are more than wins, defeats, titles and lost trophies. Manchester United represents unconditional devotion, great joy and deep mourning. To this day, I'm impressed at how the memory of those who were lost is passed on from one generation of Manchester United fans to the next. They provide a wonderful example of how to honor those who are no longer with us by never forgetting them. Here, too, at FC Bayern München, we have not forgotten the tragedy 60 years ago. Franz Beckenbauer, Uli Hoeneß and myself have always considered it our duty to preserve the memory of the victims of Flight 609 disaster. <coughs> we all know that relations between England at German and Germany were not at their best at the time of the crash 13 years after the Second World War. But I have the impression that in the darkest of days for Manchester United, the selfless support and great sympathy offered by Munich, in particular the German doctors at the Rechts der Isar Hospital, the residents in Trude in Grim here, and also FC Bayern München, made an important social-political contribution to restore the moral and welfare Our fans has also played an exemplary role. The FC Bayern fan club, Red Dots, have demonstrated outstanding solidarity down the years by collecting all the letters Calves and flags left here. Cold and bitter Thursday in Munich, Germany. A great football star was conceded victory. A man will never play again who met destruction there. The flowers of English football. The flowers of Manchester. Mud Busby's boys were flying, returning from Belgrade. This great united family, all masters of their trade. The pilot of the aircraft, the skipper, Captain Thane. Three times they tried to take off. And twice turned back again. The third time down the runway, disaster followed close. There was slush upon that runway, and the aircraft never rose. It plowed in 
Roger Byrne and Tommy Taylor who were cast for England's side. And Ireland's Billy Whelan and England's Jeff Bendine. Matt Jones and Eddie Coleman and David Fegg also. They all lost their lives as it plowed on through the snow. Big Duncan, he went to with an injury to his brain. And Ireland's brave Jack Blanche Flower will never play again. The great Mad Busby lay there, the father of this team. Three long months passed by before he saw his team again. <coughs> The trainer, coach, and secretary, and a member of the crew. Also a sporting journalist who with United flew. And one of them was Big Safety, <coughs> who we will never forget. The finest English keeper that ever graced the net. Oh, England's finest football team, its record truly great. Its proud success at market by a cruel turn of fate. Eight men will never play again, whom that destruction now. The blood of English football. That's it for this podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to leave Munich now. Uh, been struck by the numbers of United fans that have travelled to Munich. Incredible. Well over a thousand. And people seem to have had a good time. And clearly there was a social aspect to it as well. People have been having a beer and enjoying themselves. And you can do that in a wonderful city like Munich. But also some of the people that I met. Uh, Elizabeth Weber was one of the nurses. She was she was nine months pregnant when she was called into work that day. And I know her English wasn't wasn't very good, but it's far better than my German. And it was a real honour to speak to her. I thought Bayern Munich were superb in sending their top brass down. Tony O'Neill gave spoke very very passionately. Uh, the mayor of Munich, he was a buzz. He was singing United songs by the end of it, and he had a. United scarf on and the local dignitaries and I think Manchester United got it completely right at Old Trafford on Saturday with the 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 program and the badge and the book and in sending people to Belgrade and also Dennis Irwin and Alan Dawson coming to Munich as well I think the club got the tone right and I'm told it was very very good at Old Trafford our next podcast will not be from Old Trafford because United's next game is at Newcastle so we'll bring it from there at the weekend and then where are we next we'll keep getting drawn away in the FA Cup so it's not been great for the fanzine to be honest Um, that and the weather we never had weather as bad as it so what happens is that your ground sales are affected because maybe 15-20% of people don't want to stop and buy a paper-based product when it's absolutely lagging it down 
like it has been doing. Um, but to people tend to buy it more more in the shops. So we've been working um, on the next issue that will be out uh, for the Chelsea game. We hope to bring it out for the Huddersfield game, and we still might get some copies actually on sale at Huddersfield away. It's just a bit tricky when you're selling away games but there'll be a lot in there on Munich uh, since um, I, I've been writing about Munich and been to Munich this week discovered a whole lot of new angles we've had people in Belgrade we've had people in Munich and got some really good stuff I wasn't aware for example of the number of friendlies which Manchester United and Bayern Munich played uh, following a disaster and the, the help which came from the Bavarian club so we're not going to do too much Munich in the next issue, but there will be some really interesting stuff in there. And there's a big interview with Gary Neville as well, where he answers your, your readers' questions. So I'm going to work on that, and we're going to be um, doing the next podcast from Newcastle on Sunday. And I reckon that Newcastle will be warmer than it is here in Munich. And I don't think I've ever said that about anywhere in the world before. Going to Newcastle for a bit of warmth. Take care. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Red. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.